Welcome to the WrestleBall Podcast. We are your hosts, as always. My name is Joseph Ty. Joining me is my good friend, Mark Belrush. Mark, man, I think we need to address the elephant in the room. Yeah, we done messed up last week. (laughs) (laughs) We're looking like a lot of yolk in our faces right now. A lot of yolk in our faces right now. So last week's podcast, we, we talked down on a certain team and definitely a certain player on said team, and we faced said team on saturday oh was it friday friday sorry excuse me the result was not as i expected now it's, obvious- al- it's almost as if they knew they heard they listened to the podcast <laughs> and they gave them motivation now obviously we're talking about the boston celtics and uh jason tatum right off the bat I think it was just an off game for the raptors we were due for one of these bad boys for the last two years finally hit us um everyone was just atrocious siakam was terrible Um, but but is that a is that because of the boston defense i don't think so i think again i think it was off there was a i think what, what was it um i think the raptors had 25 of the raptors 89 shots were wide open looks which they made only 28 percent and the other 25 were open looks, and they only made 40% of those. So it's just an off-shooting night. Honestly, and Boston was on fire. I think they were coming off, I think, a 149 win, uh, I think, a day or two prior. Mm-hmm. So they've been really hot. Um, I mean, it, when, Jay, when, when Jalen uh, Brown is hitting one-footer three-pointers in the corner and looking like he's going to go in, and he's confident it's going to go in, and it goes in, it's just one of those. Boston's on a streak right now, and they're hot. So... Uh, Enjoy it while it lasts. I'm still going <laughs> to shit on them. But uh, yeah, it was just... Uh, that that was said, game. though, the Raptors were on a pretty hot streak as well to start off the bubble. I think you got to give Boston's defense some credit, and I do think there are some adjustments we definitely need to make. And the other thing, too, is... Uh, and we talked about this last podcast as well, is Pascal Siakam. You need to step it up a little bit here. Mm. Now, are you worried going into playoffs with the way Pascal has been playing over recent days? I'm worried a bit, but I think it's going to be up to Nick Nurse to make adjustments on behalf of Siakam. And then it's going to be up to Siakam to make proper shots or or, or, or take proper shots, I should say. I think one of the issues I have with Siakam currently is that he has sort of reverted away from the driving and taking these pretty difficult twos, in my opinion. Now, we know that he can make them sometimes, but if he doesn't make them... He tends to get on a pretty cold streak. Um, And I think a guy like Siakam, obviously he's quick, he's an agile, and he's a big, tall guy. And he needs to really get back into the spin moves driving in that he used to do prior, or at least to the start of this current season. That, that, you know, the first two months he was absolutely killing And part of the reason was because he drives so well. Now, I don't know if that's because... Teams have started to play defense, started to game plan for him. But I still think he at least to make those attempts instead of just settling for the two. Yeah, um, it was just overall bad. He was the worst plus-minus player in that game. Um, the shots were just atrocious. Uh, he was he had the most fouls of any player on the team. So it just was not his night. And he is. it seems to be that he's struggling being the first option. And he's forcing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not driving, not doing spin moves, not doing things he's comfortable with. And as we're talking about him currently, uh, the Memphis-Toronto game is going on, and he's playing pretty well in this game. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to the whole thing about 
when he faces teams that we should be beating, he plays well. When he faces those contender-type teams that give us difficulty, can he rise to that occasion? Yeah, that was a good point you made, that uh, he doesn't show up when it's against contenders, but he definitely does show up against non-contenders, which is essentially half the league. Mm -hmm. Um, So we don't want to get into uh, that territory where he's only going to be good half the time and he's going to be pretty bad the rest of it. Because that's basically reminiscent of the Raptors of old. When we had DeRozan, we were killing the season, beating the teams that we should be beating. Um, And even if you look at this season, if you like the teams we lost to, they're teams that are contenders. We basically beat all the teams under 500. Yeah. So when it comes, it's kind of like that's a little bit worrying, even though I watch the Raptors play and I can tell their contenders based off of how they play. It's just when you look at the numbers and when you look at who they beat and who they're losing to, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, man, we need to get over that hump. Yeah. Um, I'm still not too worried. I don't see Boston beating us in seven games. I don't see many teams beating us in seven games. And just based off uh, the seeding that I see, I still think the Raptors are probably locked for that Eastern Conference Finals, gearing that nothing crazy happens in between injuries and so forth. Um, I don't think you can still beat us in seven games because we still got Nick Nurse at the helm. Uh, Even when Siakam is struggling, it's got to be up to Nick Nurse to, you know, realize that and maybe take some pressure off of Siakam because maybe he feels that, um, maybe Siakam feels that it's his job to Mm -hmm. be that number one option. And he doesn't have to be. There are other guys... That can help pick up the slack. While I do agree that Nurse needs to sort of make plays for him and, and, and all that stuff, I do think that Siakam also needs to learn how to ISO on his own. If he's going to be that first option, going to be the future of this team, he, he's going to have to learn that skill set, which is something, uh, for example, that Cal Lowry has in spades, right? Something that obviously Kawhi had last year. Um, so he's had a lot of good mentors, and I think... Like you said last week, he's still learning. He's, he's still, still a young, young guy. Yeah. yeah, like I think the ISO game, he would need like a few, maybe one off season would be enough. But at least every off season, you focus on what your weaknesses are. Unfortunately, there weren't many weaknesses to speak of last season, just because Siakam was the most improved player. Um, and again, he's just coming off having Kawhi down a championship ring, so right. it is a lot of pressure to put on him so early. So. I'm still hopeful that he can. It doesn't look super great right now. Right. Um, but again, it's something you got to just work on in the off season. And it's really hard to work on it while you're um, actively uh, playing. That's true. And and the other thing too is it's it's not really fair to him because the expectations are, are, are going to be, you know, high for uh, for Siakam. Just because we lost Kawhi, our, our number one star, Um Kyle Lowry, our our current leader, is aging, and so it, he so Pascal really has to pick up that slack fairly quickly because in the next couple of years he's going to be the guy. He has to be that guy, mm-hmm. unless we end up picking up a superstar like Giannis, Greek freak. Always, you know, always welcome Toronto, buddy. Uh, but unless we end up picking up that superstar, it, Pascal is the future, and he has to. And again, it's not really fair, but he has to kind of take that lead. Yeah. Whereas you look at a, at Boston. Um, and you look at a guy like Jason Tatum, he's playing with Kemba Walker, who's still, you know, very much in the in the prime. Um, also, as well, they have uh, what's his name? Jalen Brown. No, the Utah guy. Oh, uh, Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward. Yes, um, I can't believe I forgot his name. Apologize for that. But Gordon Hayward, who's been playing pretty well, even though yeah, even though he hasn't been playing uh, as elite, you level. know, yeah, yeah, 
like how he used to in in Utah, he's still clearly like leadership in terms of you know taking the, some of that stress off of Tatum. Uh, whereas right now, you know, for Pascal Siakam, it's really only Lowry, um, and, and then you know Lowry is thirty four years old. We got to take that into consideration. Yeah. But um, so it is an unfair expectation for Siakam. But anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to just berate the Toronto Raptors for this one game. Like I said, I think this game was due. 50 of our shots were open shots that we missed out of, of not, not, not a total of 50, but there were 50, you know, open shots um, of which there was something like, I don't know, 35% of those shots were made. Right. So it's just one of those nights where shots just weren't dropping. I mean, I watched the game and I could see it. It's, it's an anomaly. It does happen. But the other thing to worry about is the defense or the lack thereof. For a team that's been playing such good defense uh, that the Raptors have been doing, yeah, there was no flow in this game. It, it like even at a certain point, the Toronto Raptors Twitter started um, cheering for the Maple Leafs. Who uh, we should note made a crazy, yeah. cr- absolutely crazy comeback. Uh, the opposite of the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, kind of storyline, but yeah. <laughs> well, considering the the two nights before that they had blown a three point lead, but but going back to the Raptors and then obviously this Boston game, so you have no worries. No, I think Boston fizzles out. Um, in a, in a seven game series, I don't think you beat Nick Nurse, and I don't think you beat the Toronto Raptors defense. I think this is just a one off game. Unfortunately, it had to come at the hands after us talking shit about <laughs> Boston, but uh, it is what it is. Um, it is definitely an eye opener. It definitely tests the water in terms of what Boston brings. Right. And I think the next time we face Boston, which will likely be in the playoffs as our remaining games, they're not on our schedule. Um, it'll probably be a second round game. I, I thought believe. we had two games against Boston. I guess not. No. Um, Interesting. It, it, I think it's likely to happen in the second round. Mm-hmm. I believe it might not, may not even. They may have to face. Oh, sorry, no. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it would be second round because uh, Philly might end up facing Boston in, in the first round. I don't. I guess I forgot what my. We'll have to. We'll have to look at the standings for that. But um, I'm not too worried. I think uh, again, seven games. I think next time you face Boston is going to be a completely different game. I I agree with you that I'm not like. Obviously, I don't want to overreact. It's just one game. Um, but there are definitely some things that I think we could work on. Uh, Pascal being one of them. And I knew that even before the Boston game that Pascal needs to get into his flow. Especially, you know, what are we, five games removed from the playoffs? Four mm-hmm. games removed? Mm-hmm. So we definitely need to get Pascal going. Uh, the other guy I'm worried about is Norm Powell. He's a guy who absolutely exploded this year. And has sort of slowed down since the bubble has started. Uh, now, just a little, little fun banter. A lot of people say it's because he was in an Osmos commercial without Freddie Van Vliet. So <laughs> they're thinking that GoDaddy curse is with uh, Norm Powell right now. But uh, that said, I do think a couple of guys need to, uh, to to heat up a little bit. That said, I do want to say you know there are guys who are playing well for us. Marc Gasol, who we were worried about last year and the beginning of this year, has has played well so far. Um, obviously, besides last game, Van Vliet's been playing well as well. Um, Serge hasn't been. Serge hasn't been getting opportunities at the same time. So I kind of want to see Serge being utilized a little more. Um, yeah. He was one for nine, which wasn't great. And also a minus 22, which was, you know, up there with the worst players on the court. But did get seven rebounds, two offensive boards. He did get a um, 
Oh, no, no blocks, sorry. Uh, and, and two points. Um, seven boards are pretty impressive, but uh, I'd like to see him get a little more chance. He was also a big reason why we, we had a good deep run last year, so I'd like to see a little bit more respect. I, I'm, I'm not too worried with Serge because we know he and also has a... He's, he's the type of guy who has a playoff mode. Yeah, and I think what you got to do with, with Siakam at the four, Serge can play, also play the four. So when you see Siakam is struggling, I think you got to put Serge in. And let Serge just be that player there and give Siakam a little bit of a break as well. And yeah. I don't know why, but I, I've been seeing that pattern with Serge you know, not being played. And I know Serge is not the most dependable player, but at the same time, that's our very, very arguable because I think Serge has been one of the most surprising players. He's basically like our Gordon Hayward of Boston. He sort of quietly does what he does, and he's been a great paint scorer. Mm-hmm. Um, he will get you that really... Um, momentum, timely, yeah, very timely blocks, blocks. very timely three rebounds, pointers, three pointers. So I agree that, and that's exactly why I'm saying he. I I believe in the playoffs player. he has that kind of uh, next yeah. level, next gear. Um, and obviously being a veteran in the league, he he knows about that next gear. Yeah. Same thing with guys like Marcus Saul, um, and same thing with you know Lowry. Um, the other guy who's been playing well so far, he didn't play that great. Uh, was, was pretty quiet, but was OG and Anobi. Um, yeah, you're right. In this Boston game, I think everyone just really underachieved. Kyle Lowry only took six shots, which is absolutely wild to me. Yeah. Um, made, it, made three of them, so he was 50% from the field. Yeah. But he needs to absolutely make more, take take more shots yeah. than six if we have any chance of uh, of beating any team. Yeah, it, it was a crazy... It was just an off game. Like, Boucher was the best player. He didn't miss a shot. He only took three of them, and... Uh, he did get uh, one block, nine points, five rebounds. Obviously, garbage time was yeah, this a was... factor as well. Yeah, and you got to remember the like the score. Even though we lost by twenty two, was a lot closer than the game actually was because yeah. we were down forty at a certain point. Yeah. Um. So that's why you're seeing guys like Stanley Johnson and and Rondé Hollis Jefferson having having you know decent stats, but typically. Typically speaking, I I do agree. We'll see better showings from most of our starters: Lowry, Van Vliet, Siak, Emoji. All of those guys will definitely play better. But it is you know considering what we talked about last week, considering that the playoffs are you know uh, fairly close, considering that the fact that a lot of people have Boston um, ahead of us, I, I I really would have liked to see them make a statement game in this one. Yeah, it would have been nice. But uh, all things taken into account. Um, the Raptors season is still great um, with the with their win last Saturday uh, th- for the ninth season in a row. They beat the Vegas odds for the over under wins. Um, so they've always been proving people wrong. So I wouldn't uh, I think I got to take that with a grain of salt with, you know, a saving game would have been nice. It just it wasn't in the cards this time. Um, but now know, I, I believe that if the Raptors win one and the Boston Celtics lose one, we'll we'll have secured that second seed. Uh, so I'm sure we're not too worried about seeding because I'm sure that's going to happen with four games left. I have to imagine the Raptors can will be able to get one game up on them. Yeah, um, we're facing the Grizzlies now. We're facing the Bucks Monday, which is tomorrow. Doesn't which, by the way, we are currently up 18 on the Grizzlies. So this game is all but over 11 minutes in the fourth. Never say never, but yeah, it looks that way. Uh, we came back. This is our statement game. Uh, with it, you know, there's being an eight seed team, but uh, that eight seed team in the West is starting to heat up, especially with Portland right on the necks of uh, Memphis. So, um, pretty interesting developments. And with obviously with Phoenix being the only undefeated team in the bubble, um, the West is really being the concentration. Let's, and on a joking side, um, while not being invited, 
uh, to the bubble. <laughs> the Charlotte um, Hornets have passed the Washington Wizards. Which, the... which is a perfect segue into our next segment because the Charlotte Hornets just passed the Washington Wizards who are in the bubble and Charlotte is obviously not. Devontae Graham... Yeah, did died. not make the finals the finalists for most improved player. Yeah. We talked about this in private. This has got to be one of the craziest snubs in my, I've ever seen. Yeah, and even Luca brought it up saying that uh forget about me, I'm a second year player. Yeah. It should be Well, here's the thing too cuz Devonte is a, a second year player, I believe as yeah, well. But you got to we got to remember that Luca Doncic is the former rookie of the year. Yeah. He's obviously be going to get better. better. Yeah. How do you make him an MVP? How do you make him an MIP candidate? It, I, it blows my mind. I can tell you for money. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, obviously the NBA has released the finalists for the major awards. So we'll start off with the MIP because uh, we we're just talking about it. But Brandon Ingram, Luka Doncic, Bam Adebayo. Luka will win. You think so? I, I got to say that it's it's probably going to be Ingram. That was the storyline for most of the year. Yeah. I think uh, Brandon Ingram is the perfect uh, balance of, like you said, like star power for money. But also, he legitimately also got a lot better this year. He did, yeah. Uh, so I think he's the perfect balance. Bam, uh, I think, has a good shot of, at it as well, especially considering how well the Miami Heat have played this year. Yeah. Um, Luka Doncic was a surprise to see because, again, I thought... He, Everybody thinks this guy is going to be a major, major superstar, superstar one day. Yeah. Uh, so it's not surprising for him to make that leap. Uh, same thing with a guy like Trey Young. I mean, if you're going to put Luka in there, like, Trey Young is basically on the same level in terms of they yeah. made improvements, but everyone expected them to. Yeah. Now, Devontae Graham, how can you miss him on this list? Yeah, I know. He averaged, I think, three points in his rookie season. He's averaging 20 points uh, in his sophomore season with... Uh, I think he he's almost averaging four three pointers a game. So That's right. Quite impressive with I think seven six seven assists. Yep. Maybe a steal and a few rebounds. And, and I know that his field goal percentage sort of tapered off at the uh, end of the season before you know it halted due to COVID. Yeah. But that said, like we mentioned in previous podcasts, they were sitting on the tenth spot. Uh, I think at the ninth spot at a point in time. So even though the East is weak after six, he was still putting them in that sort of playoff contention. Considering the team has nobody, who's their next best player? I really don't know. Terry Rosaire? Yeah, the third. Who's pretty garbage. Yeah. Um, and then a, a, a super struggling uh, Nicholas Batum, who hasn't played at all well this year. No, um, at all. He's been missing for the last three seasons. Yeah, so, I mean, Are you we... had Devontae Graham on your, your, your fantasy. Yeah, I picked him up from free agent. How well was he doing yeah. this year? He was doing. He was a. He was a player on my team that I needed to play every time. He was just. He puts up big numbers. Um, four three pointers a game. He, for my build, he was perfect. He got me re, uh, three pointers, points. I believe he did some steals as well. His free throws were good. Shooting, I could sacrifice, but like he was definitely a player that had to be owned uh, in this in in fantasy in a mm-hmm. twelve team, Yahoo standard head to head fantasy team. He was definitely a player to be owned. Um, I picked him up really early too, so he's not like he just sort of came to. He started off like hot right off the bat. So exactly. So he worked on his game in the off season and came strong. Now Devontae Graham wouldn't have been my defensive, uh, sorry, defensive uh, most improved player of the year. Like I still probably would have went with Ingram because, like I said, I think he has the perfect and, balance. And I starting. had Ingram as well. 
But to not have Devontae in your top three, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Because I always thought it was Ingram, Devontae, and then you can make a case for whoever you want Bam, out there. Bam. Bam. Uh, there's a couple of guys, even a couple of Raptors. Like Norman Powell has been playing yeah. much improved this year. But yeah. again, just a, a kind of a bit of a snub for a guy who probably won't get too many awards in his career. I mean, I feel like they just wanted to put Luca's name in something, and I feel like he's going to win because of that, which is going to be absurd. Fair enough. But I mean, the guy is probably going to be a top five MVP candidate. Like after you. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about MVP for a second. They have James Harden, LeBron James, and Giannis. I mean, no issues with that i think that's what most people had but i think at fourth most people would probably put uh you know luka Doncic there yeah i think so he definitely needs to uh he yeah he makes that list easily um but yeah we're, we're not too surprised with with the three guys that they listed there um now do you still have Giannis winning i think i have Giannis winning still um, i think so as well just with the we, we talked about it before the bubble started and now seeing where we are with the bubble yeah uh, I'm not too impressed with the Lakers. I'm not no. blaming LeBron. No, LeBron, by all accounts, has been playing well. Yeah. Um, it just seems like the team is not working yeah. out. There's something. And he they, said they, so, The chemistry somehow has gotten worse since the bubble started. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what has happened. Like you mentioned, LeBron has alluded to the fact that there's some off-court issues. So there's definitely some things they need to fix. Yeah. And, and, and mind you, that has nothing to do with being an MVP, but unfortunately you it need, matters. You need the results. Yeah. It matters. Even if you're playing well and your team's losing, like we mentioned in the previous podcast that it was really going to come down to these last eight games. Uh, now that said, Giannis and the Bucks haven't been playing as, as dominant as they had uh, previous to the bubble. They lost a few games, one or two. I can't remember. Well, they lost yesterday to. I saw two uh, games now. Uh, who they they lost yesterday to the Mavericks in a thrilling overtime game mm-hmm. where Luca just basically took over with a massive triple double. Yeah. Uh, the Lakers lost to the Indiana Pacers with T.J. Warren, who who's been going off this entire. Oh bubble. my goodness! So, yeah, let's talk about that game for a little bit. Um, Lakers versus uh, Indiana. T.J. Warren, man. Mm. What a guy. And even Oladipo basically saying he's he's not playing of this planet currently. Yeah. I got to say, man, this guy is looking like Hawaii out there. He's looking so good. He's taking clutch yeah. shots. It's not even just that his numbers are super, super good. But they're winning games. And he's taking those tough last second shots, those daggers, and he's making them no yeah. problem. Yeah. Uh, he's been playing really well. I knew he was good on Phoenix. I remember talking to you. Uh, a little before the fantasy draft, or I guess maybe during the fantasy draft, about I said right. we didn't really have a choice of who we took. I said, well, you could take Warren. He's definitely he's a scorer, but he won't get you much else. That's right. Um, Which is still still sort of, true. Yeah, still pretty true. But uh, in terms of what he's doing for his team now, yeah, now you take into the impact consideration. This guy has having a huge impact he's on his huge, team. Yeah, and he's dropping like lots of points. Thirty nine, fifty. I think he dropped fifty a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, he dropped 39 yesterday against the Lakers. Mind you, Lakers, both AD and LeBron played over 30 minutes. AD got eight points, eight rebounds. After resting, uh, LeBron, I believe, rested. Yeah. The, uh, LeBron Anthony did Davis okay. as well? The previous game to that. I think they uh, both rested or one of them rested. I think LeBron was the only I could be wrong. Okay. Anyways, definitely at least LeBron rested the previous game. So mm. you'd think they'd come back with a statement game here. But even their other loss, they both play 30 minutes as well. And yeah. it's just, it's been really strange. They definitely clinched 
The f- ever since they clinched, they've just been on this downfall. I, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you: Do you think that the fact that they clinched the the first overall seed in the the Western Conference, do you think that is, you know, it definitely could be. They're taking a little bit of a breather here. They definitely could be, but the fact that other guys are playing thirty minutes and winning games, and you guys are playing maybe thirty, maybe a minute less, and maybe a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and losing games is a little scary to me, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you guys are terrible. It means your team is kind of bad because they're not able to pull it out in, in the times that they're needed. And the times that they're going to be needed, um, they won't be able to perform. And, and, I mean, and that's the kind of been the whole story through this whole season was that the fact that once LeBron goes to the bench and it's the same thing we saw when he was in Cleveland. Mm. Well, the team just falls the team apart. The team kind of, exactly, kind of dissipates. So. Yeah. That's something I don't know, man. I'm not really impressed with the Lakers' chemistry. Going into the bubble, I really thought the Clippers were the one with the most drama because obviously a lot of people were leaving the bubble and this and that. But every time they get on the court, it seems like they're drama free. Whereas with Lakers, I don't know, man. I, like I can't differentiate what's off court, what's on court. It's all mixing, it's, blending together. It's yeah, it's very difficult. But it seems like this stuff sort of follows LeBron I don't know yeah it's not his fault it just sort of is with him I don't know and I'm not blaming him because I, I think that's really unfair as he's a very successful player right um, I originally thought it was D12 maybe doing it but like no, noticing the ill effects of 80s like play in certain games and how he's been playing especially yeah. in that Toronto Raptors game where he was just on the perimeter mm-hmm. it's just not encouraging. I agree. I definitely agree. So, yeah, I'd, I, with regards to the Lakers, man, I think they definitely need to fix things before the playoffs start. With only a couple of games remaining, it, it's going to be a tall task for them. Yeah. Um. And and going into the first round, um, they, they could be facing the Grizzlies, so it shouldn't really be a tall task. Unless Portland makes it, and I, and I was telling you that talking to you about this a few days ago, that I think Portland could give them a run for their money because I think Portland's a lot more cohesive. I think Portland can give a lot of teams a run for their money. On paper, we've always mentioned how good they are. They're sort of like Philly in terms of how good their team is made up of in terms mm-hmm. of players, but obviously through the season they haven't really shown that but since the bubbles kind of started they've been playing really well minus the last game against the clippers which we will get into Uh, but before we get into that i kind of want to just finish off the awards Uh, so going back to the awards uh they had the finalists for defensive player of the year rudy gobert Giannis, anthony davis i don't think any surprise there who do you personally have uh Giannis. you got Giannis. i got Giannis. i think Giannis is going to win mvp and defensive player this year all right um yeah, I don't have any issues with that. If I had to choose as well, I'd probably go with Giannis as well. Yeah. Uh, again, one of the X factors with Giannis is how little, how few minutes he plays and he's able to do what he does, he does. on the floor. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's really what's going to propel him for MVP and what's going to propel him for Defensive Player of the Year. Yep. Uh, so no issues there. That said, if, if either Anthony Davis or Rudy Gobert won, I wouldn't be you know upset about that. I think bo- both those guys have good cases. Yeah. Um... I don't think Anthony Davis um, will... I think Anthony Davis is the third man out. Uh, Rudy Gobert is probably second. Just because he... he I think he was defensive last year. So I do think by reputation, you're probably going to be, mm-hmm. you know, second. In, an in, edge, in yeah. You'll get an edge. You'll get that. an edge for that. Um, 
So I, 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 I just, I don't see, I think Anthony Davis is the odd man out. Um, but something that really grinds my gears, and we'll move on from the awards um, to the final, or second final award, um, is the Rookie of the Year finalist. Oh, oh my goodness. Which was uh, Kendrick Nunn from the Miami Heat, um, Demetrius Ja Morant from uh, uh, Memphis, and uh, Mr. Moneybags himself, Zion, Zion the chosen chosen one, Williamson, who yes. wasn't supposed to be in this conversation. No. And I was pretty Zion positive this entire year. Um, and just seeing this, this is really disrespectful to me. Um, that they would even put Zion's name there when he's barely played any games. I agree with you. I think what the thing with Zion is if you if he averaged what he's averaging or played how he's been playing over the course of a whole season, absolutely he deserves to be in that conversation. But when when you've only played, I think it was something like seventeen or eighteen games prior to the bubble restarting, automatically you should be disqualified. Yeah. So to put him in the finalists is very disrespectful. Now you can say as a media person, yeah. I think that he is, you know, on that level of being a rookie of the year. But I think you have to take into consideration that when you're actually voting, you have to put it all into perspective. And he's only played less than 20 games in the season. Yeah. I don't know how this got by. And clearly, you could probably tell me for money again. <laughs> um, and it's one of those kind of situations. Um, I was pretty... And I know it's not Zion's fault. It just seems like they're propelling Zion as the chosen one. Right. So... I mean, it is what it is. I, he, it's definitely going to be uh, Ja that wins. Ja has been quite the focal point on Memphis. I was telling you, I know we were discussing this before in, uh, I guess, fantasy, before the fantasy draft, that uh, Ja was probably going to be the focal point in Memphis. I don't think anyone thought that uh, they would be in a playoff pitcher, probably going for... Uh, you know, another draft pick to help Ja, but uh, here we are, and uh, they're fighting for an eighth spot against the Raptors. Uh, they've now come back to nine points with three minutes left, so we're seeing... Five minutes. Five minutes left, yeah. sorry. So it's enough time. So they're definitely a team uh, that could do it. Um, but again, I think Ja easily wins this. I don't think there's... I think Zion's name is there just to make it quote-unquote competitive. Now, now to be fair to the media as well, I the only defense I have for the media or whoever is voting on this award is the fact that I can't really think of too many other rookies yeah. uh, that would compete with Ja. Yeah. Like even Kendrick Nunn is, is a guy He's that's really there. far behind uh, yeah. Ja Moran. Yeah. If I had to make a top three, maybe I would take out Zion and it's put in either RJ Barrett or um, uh, Rui Hachimura. Yeah, those guys aren't really on the level. I like, and, and again, those guys, yeah, aren't on that level. Is Duncan Robinson a rookie? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, I'm not really too sure. I, uh, I think that he's made some ground, but he may be a sophomore. Um, I just, I'm just not sure if he uh, is. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really too sure. I know that uh, Duncan Robinson's on Miami. He is Miami. I know that uh, Tyler Hero is a rookie on Miami. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if they. Be, they got both of those guys in the same no, year? No, he's, uh, he's third or fourth year. Okay. Yeah, so okay. he wouldn't be there. So anyway, sorry about that. I didn't mean, but anyway. Um, so that would be my only defense uh, for these media members. But I think, again, when you come down to it, Zion has to be automatically disqualified for playing so few games. So yeah. whoever you put in that third spot is, is going to be more deserving than Zion, whether it's, like I said, uh, Rui or even DeAndre Hunter played well, uh, Eric Paschel on, on Golden State. Uh, so a lot of these guys could Cam, have taken Cam, that. Cam yeah. Reddish sort yeah. of started coming yeah. around. But yeah, you're right. It's 
any of these guys would have had a better case. Yeah. Just for longevity. Yeah. Um, moving on to the six six man of the year, uh, Montrez Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, and Lou William. Yeah, I, I mean, is, uh, quite strange that you could have two six men. On I'm not one surprised team. though. No, I'm not. I'm not either. But it's just strange to I me. Th- I think people really need to understand are. too is that uh, Montrez and Lou both average like 28, 29 minutes a game, almost thirty. Yeah, they they have starter minutes. And they basically get starter minutes. Yeah. Uh, so it, for me. I want to go with Dennis Schroeder. I'm just, born with Dennis. Yeah, well. just because he, I feel like he's more of a legitimate six man. Yeah. Um, that said, uh, you know, because because the other thing too, right, is Lou and Montrez, they play like key minutes, right? Yeah. They play minutes. They close games sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really consider them six man. Uh, but it's up for debate because the six man award has always been sort of contentious. Yeah. Um, because like you said, as long as you come off the bet, you're good. But if you're playing 35 minutes, are you are you really yeah. a six man? In this case, they're playing obviously 28, 29. Yeah, I I I wouldn't I, I would put uh, I'd put Dennis Schroeder because Dennis Schroeder's got a lot more competition at his in his role where he could be benched at any time. Um, but he does come on the court, he does make an impact, and he does play games and he does play at a high level. So, um, nothing against Lou Will, who is a repeat. Oh my uh, goodness! Six. By the way, uh, Dennis Schroeder. And I do have to apologize for this. He's averaging 31 minutes a game. Oh, wow. Okay. So I guess that's... Uh, well, that goes out the window. That goes out the window. But <laughs> that said, I do agree with you that he's playing on an OKC t- team that has a lot of good guards, a lot of young players that they want to develop. Uh, Schroeder is also a guy that's always had to fight for minutes, um, you know, whether it was on OKC, previously on Lana. Um, so, yeah, it is what it is. But I think I'm, I'm going to go with Dennis. I just like OKC, so I'm a little biased in that way. <laughs> Well, they're playing really well right now. Yeah. You got to give them credit. Yeah, and and that that leads us into our final award, which is the Coach of the Year, which are Mike Budenhauser from Milwaukee, uh, Billy Donovan from OKC, and of course our beloved Simon Shirt, Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse. Uh, Simon Shirt because he's wearing it. Well, today. I'm gonna say right off the bat, Nick Nurse got absolutely screwed in the coaches voted uh, Coach of the Year, which is voted on by his peers. I believe he was. One vote shy of tying for first place. I just could not believe I could, who ended up winning. Um, it was a tie between OKC's coach, which is fair. Um, but also, I forget who the second coach was. Anyways, it was not Nick Nurse. Uh, Nick Nurse, to me, is hands down the coach of the year. Yeah. Considering all the backlash that the Raptors got when Kawhi left and the people, everyone was like, they're not even, you know, they're going to be eighth seed going into fifth seed, Shaq. Yeah, yeah. Shaq or Barkley. Or- and some people didn't even have them making the playoffs, which is absolutely insane to oh, me. Oh, yeah. It was, what, eighth, six to eighth seed or yeah. the Raptors are likely going to be. Yeah. And I know one of those guys was Sam Mitchell. I'm looking at you. I remember that clip. Uh, but yet still working for TSN on doing Raptors analysis. Yeah, and the, the thing too is is just that obviously they far exceeded that. Like you said, they even exceeded Vegas expectations. They're sitting comfortably Dude, in the second spot, third overall in the league. We're not analysts, and we said this at the beginning of the season that that was just a slap in the face that we'd mm. probably be anywhere from between one and three. Yeah, and we're and we're homers. We're Raptor homers, and and we got it right, and and you guys in the media couldn't. Yeah. Uh, it's the amount of disrespect. Now the other thing too about Nick Nurse is not only has he uh, you know helped lead this team to maintain their uh, season record, but also he's one of the coaches that isn't afraid to try things. He does a lot of weird things that people make fun of him for, 
but it sometimes works. A lot of times it works, and and it's kind of like he's one of the most progressive, I would say, coaches in the league currently. So tell me something. What seed were we last year? What were we? Second. 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 And what seed are we this year? Second, absolutely. And we lost freaking Kobe, Michael Jordan, Leonard. (laughs) Yes. And we're still maintaining that. So don't spit in my coffee and tell me it's sugar. Well, the other thing too is... People forget that even before we got Kawhi, when we, were we had the trash, when we had the quote-unquote trash brothers, yeah, we, we were, were all always a good season team. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, I agree with you. Nick Nurse does deserve it, um, but no um, disrespect to Billy Don- Donovan. Mike Budenhauser, I don't even think deserves to be there. Mm. It's the same. Oh, Mike might have been the other guy who got voted in for uh, coach. Uh, coach voted uh, coach of the year. Yeah, well, it's it's between Budenhauser, Billy Donovan, and uh, Nick Nurse. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm talking about so you, the CB, the CB, was it? Yeah, the whatever one? it was. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he's the one who got voted. Yeah, in, yeah. so it was him tied with. Uh, yeah, it's like okay, you have a superstar and you're winning Billy games Donovan, and you're yeah. first. Okay, it's not. Mm-hmm. Now Billy on. Donovan. Yeah, Billy Donovan. I would say yeah. that's a legit coach of the year as yeah. well. Right? Well, he reminds yeah. me of a Nick Nurse type kind of coach, right? Well, that he's also of... in a similar situation, right? Very similar. Like I said, OKC, I feel, is is a mirror of the Raptors in the West. Yeah. So this is what I'll say. I definitely think Nick Nurse will win. But if you're going to tell me that I can't choose a Raptor, it's got to be Billy Donovan. Mm-hmm. Hands down. OKC has jumped expectations. They're making playoffs. They're going to be a problem for teams that don't have their shit together. I agree. Um, so I'm going to leave it at that. So those uh, bring uh, – and that ends our finalists that they've announced. I'm not sure when the winners are going to be announced, but I assume probably after the playoffs are over. I know they usually do their award ceremony. Um, most of it, I would say, is basically par for the course, but there are a few surprises. Obviously, like we mentioned, Zion Williamson for Rookie of the Year. Bolden Hauser, I, I guess he makes finalists, but there's no way he actually so wins this award. Frank Vogel doesn't make finalists, but Budenhauser does. Like it's a little strange to me. It is a little strange, but at the same time, Gold I'm sorry, Golden State. The Bucks are best record in the league and and not by it's by a long shot. So you got to give some credit to the coach, even though most of us will say it's it's the Greek freak. Mm. Yeah, it's uh I mean, you're still first in the West, yeah. which is, you know, no small feat. So uh, it's just strange to me that he would make it again for what reason? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's not that much difference right now. I believe it's 55 and 15 for the Bucks and 51 and 18 for the Lakers. It's not like crazy, crazy, right? Mm-hmm. So definitely yeah. Bucks are definitely the best team in the league regular season. But right. uh, I think Frank Vogel... It it I think it, it, they could if you're going to put Budenhauser, you might as well put Frank Vogel and just make it a top four. But I guess maybe the voting I, I, ended up. I, I, I agree with you. I, I do. I probably. When you, I would have put Vogel ahead. I even cause, probably because there's no put, team in uh, Lakers. Probably it's two man team. I probably would have even put Spolstra ahead. Oh, Spolstra, yeah, but yeah, yeah, Spolstra would have been a good one. But anyway, it is what it is. We'll see what happens. And uh, that's right. So those are the awards. Um, not again. I think for the most part, the winners will be who we expect them to be, unless you know Luka Doncic wins uh, most improved. Then we'll we'll have some issues to talk about then. Any other games in the NBA? Well, there's been a couple of games, but oh, you know what? Portland versus the Clippers yesterday. That's probably the beef the headlines. Game. It's the beef game. What are your th- what? 
What's going on in your mind when you you read the tweets? You you you, know, you see you know Damian Lillard missing the, yeah. the last two free throws there. It's a lot of things that went down in that game and mm-hmm. uh, helped some. It it didn't really help anybody. It just everyone looked just angry, upset, and people. Not even that. It's just no one there could really back their words up. Um, unfortunately, Dame is a killer, but Dame missed two free throws. Yeah, um, Paul Very George, uncharacteristic of him. Of him, yeah. And then Paul George is talking shit when he's actually the biggest runner away besides from Kevin Durant. You know, in the league. So, um, and he's trying to talk trash to this man yep. who's been a loyal subject of his team while this man has been running, you know. Well, considering a lot of how Paul George was eliminated last year, I mean, that's only one year removed. I'd understand if it was like four or five years ago, but we're talking about something that happened last year. You need to just tone it down for mm-hmm. a guy who. You know, you can't talk trash to the guy who just eliminated you last year and you had to end up switching to a different team. Yeah, you had to run with another superstar, no less. That's right. right. You've been only been playing with superstars since you couldn't do it in India. Well, right? and that's the other thing too. It's easy to run your mouth when you're playing with Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, oh, it's <laughs> so easy. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I'm not a really big fan of Paul George. More more so, I'm on Damian Lillard's side on this. Unfortunately, he could not back it up with the free throws, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a telling tale of the Portland Trailblazers this season. Um, this was a beef game for sure, and this is going to be quite. A series should they meet at some point? I don't think Which they will. I don't will. think they will. No. But um, if they did, it'd probably be the best but, series of the playoffs. But going forward, even into next season, this will be a highly f- emotional well, game. Definitely Dame and PG. Yeah. No matter what teams they're going to be well, on in the future, everyone's egging everyone on now, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, um, Patrick Beverly, Lou Will, Montrez. These guys are all backing up Paul George because they're a bunch of like LA gangster guy. You know, not really. Well, Pat Beverly, guys. especially. I think he actually got into the tweets instead of responding, saying a Cancun in three and stuff like that. Yeah, and then Dame is a guy that will have every everyone has his back. So like you guys well, want to scrap? Dame's we'll scrap, another guy right? that just people love, right? He's just a yeah. overall legit, genuine yeah. dude. Yeah. So um, it was kind of good to see because I again, well, it, as a fan, it's we love great. It. We yeah. love it. We yeah. love to see the drama. Yeah. Well, it's it's it is because the Clippers are bringing a brand of basketball that maybe we haven't seen since maybe maybe the Bad Boys in Detroit. Probably not to that level. Yeah. But like I'm just saying, they're going to be the trash talk though. Like I don't Kawhi think, doesn't want to. I don't think Kawhi wants to play that way. I definitely don't think Doc Rivers wants to play that no, way. No, but I think those guys yeah. that we've mentioned do want to play that yeah. way, right? Yeah. Like Paul George is an LA kid, right? So yeah. he wants. Well, we all know Pat Beverly and and Montrez and Lou. They, you know, and Lou. They made a a a point last year to play, you know, hard, aggressive, hard nosed D kind of yeah. basketball. Yeah. And we're seeing it portray now out into the trash talk and all of that stuff. I personally have nothing against the trash talk. I think it's awesome. Um, but that said, like, Paul George, man. Paul George, man. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pick and choose your battles, man. Yeah, uh, and he's not going to. So um, that was a good, that was a very interesting ending. Well, that's the other thing, too. Paul George didn't play the last five minutes of the game. Ooh, that's a very good so point. So it's like, yeah. how can you trash talk when you didn't even play the last five minutes yeah, where, of the game? When Doc didn't trust you to yeah. be on that court. So yeah, that's a big... Uh, and, and and Dame didn't even... I don't know if Dame brought that up or not. I don't know how far these no, Instagram uh, tweets... No, so Dame went. basically just brought up the fact that he eliminated both uh, him and Pat Beverly when Pat Beverly was in Houston. Kind of saying, you know, these guys know what I can do in the crunch. So I missed these two free throws, but they know what I can do. Yeah, so yeah, that'll be interesting. 
but a little fun banter uh, although it's probably to them it's not just fun banter but um, again I like to see it I even when the Raptors faced Orlando I loved the uh, the clash between Kyle Lowry and Aaron Gordon it just seems like guys are, are, are going at each other um, probably because they've been locked in a bubble all they can do is think and play basketball and win this tournament or uh, championship uh, so I can understand that animosity testosterone levels are high right now yep um, another uh, good game was the Utah Jazz Woo! and the Nuggets. I went to double overtime. Yes, it did. Um, the Jazz was leading more or less the entire game, mm-hmm. only for Denver to come back and uh, take right. it to overtime. That's um, right. I believe possibly both times, but I think Jazz may have brought it back a few time, uh, one time to make it to a double OT. Yeah, so I believe Jokic actually got a go-ahead bucket in regulation or the first OT, right. but they didn't count it because the clock didn't start. Uh, so a lot of weird things happened in that game, and a lot of players stepped up. Uh, I watched the uh, second, the end of the first OT and, and the, and the uh, all of the second OT, and one of the guys that I thought just absolutely killed it, Jamal Murray. Yeah, he was very good. In the crunch time? My goodness. Yeah. Uh, played super well. Another guy who's been playing well for Denver throughout the entire bubble is Michael Porter Jr. Um, and now we're starting to see why he was a former, you know, uh, projected lottery pick until he got injured. This guy's a legit threat and almost p- plays perfectly well and complements uh, Jokic's uh, skill sets very well as well. Um, but overall, just a good game. Not a lot of drama, but a lot of good plays. A lot of good team plays, actually. Yeah. You want to see team defense, team offense. Yeah. Like this was the way. This was the game to watch. That's right. Uh, this is all like simulation-based gaming right here. Yes. Um, no, no superstars, no yeah, yeah. mega stars. Just good old like Donovan Mitchell also played very well. Yeah. Uh, Jokic played very well. Yeah. Um, so a lot of guys, Gobert played well. All these guys stepped up, and it was just like both teams playing at their peak. Yeah. Um, that said, I don't think Utah is a deadly team. Uh, yeah, deadly team. Um, I think they're sort of stretched too thin because they have Bogdanovich and Joe Ingles, which are essentially the same player. Right. And they got, uh, I think it's Joe Ingles at the four. Well, the other thing too is... It I works. Just, they got Gobert, but... The other thing is, that's the thing though. I just don't believe in Gobert and Mitchell leading you to the promised land. Yeah. And, don't get me wrong. They're both great players, yeah. but I just don't believe them leading you to the promised land. Whereas a guy like Jokic... I could see it. He he gives yeah. me that Dirk vibe where he he possibly could lead a team into. Well, he's a smart player. He yeah. doesn't get flustered. Is yeah. he's a he? You can depend on him in the clutch. He doesn't take pressure on in a negative way. Yeah. Um. That I've and seen he relishes anyway. that leadership role. Yeah. Um. Not not to say that Donovan Mitchell or Gobert don't relish that role, but I feel like Jokic relishes it and doesn't let it bother him. Whereas I feel like I'm sure Donovan puts a lot of pressure on himself. Uh, and Gobert, I feel like... He's, he's always got something to prove. Especially yeah, yeah. since his incident this season. <laughs> um, where he's probably got to prove himself now. Right, exactly. it's just poor attitude from a yeah. kid, right? So, anyway. Whereas yeah. Jokic, I just feel, feel so seasoned, so veteran. Yeah. Um, but that was a great game. Uh, obviously, a very close one went into double OT. Nuggets winning by two. Um... And the Suns have kept their streak alive, five and zero in the bubble. Yeah. Beat Miami yesterday. Yeah, I believe Jimmy Butler has been away for the last three games, if uh, if I'm correct. So obviously this isn't Miami at their top, at their peak, uh, but this is still a pretty big victory for 
for uh, the Phoenix Suns. And uh, funnily enough, this is the longest streak that Devin Booker has been on in his entire <laughs> career. So good for him. I think Devin Booker's been listening to this podcast too. Because <laughs> he's really turned it up since we... Absolutely uh, turned it up. So um, I love to see it, man. This is a guy that we thought... Uh, I've, uh, we've always liked Devin yeah, Booker. Yeah, I think in terms of skill sets, he's on that level. But uh, I think he's sort of graduating from the Anthony Davis, the Trey Young level. And starting to putting meaningful impact. Wins, yeah. So, so I like really I enjoy that. I, I I would like to see them. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Portland would be great to see. I don't really want to see Memphis in the playoffs because I feel like they're just gonna get trampled on. I agree with that. And I want them to get a draft pick so they can do something next year right. or at least build. Right. Uh, Suns would be interesting as well because um, obviously Booker and then you had DeAndre Aiden inside. But I don't think Suns will pass Portland. It really depends on the schedule, which I'm unsure of at the moment. I mean, they were given a tall task to begin the bubble. They were the worst team in the West. Yeah. So, so um, worse than even the Pelicans. Yeah, it's going to take a miracle for them to make playoffs. Looks like the game is over, by the way, with the Raptors here. I'm just waiting for the final score. It looks like the Raptors did win, though. Yeah. Um, but uh, going back to this uh, Suns team, I think it's just nice to see. Uh, they got invited to the bubble, and they're making the most of it, unlike... <clears throat> New Orleans, uh, who have the easiest remaining schedule, by the way. New Orleans, <laughs> who are about but, to take uh, away J.J. Reddick's soul. But yeah, if, if we can see Devin Booker make that next jump, especially on Phoenix, which is a team that's been notoriously Trash. bad and, and not Some good smash. at development and all of that stuff, yeah. it'll be impressive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so final score of 108-99 to for the Raptors. Uh, not a huge win. I'm pretty sure most people had us beating Memphis, but... Uh, a good win nonetheless and uh finally the other as you mentioned previously the other big loss was uh the bucks to the mavericks yeah uh, it was a good game that also went into overtime um luca got 36 19 assists 14 rebounds of five uh 12 of 14 12 of 24 shooting and he was uh, three of nine from the three-point line And, and a lot of his stats especially his dimes came from like Crazy, crazy passes, plays, crazy yeah. passes. Dude just has such a high IQ. Yeah. Oh man, he's just he's so finesse. It's unreal how finesse this guy is. Yeah. He's a finisher. Man, there was one play where he drove in on three guys and kicked it out to the guy almost uh what do you, what do I say? Directly behind him, but he still looked at him while he was and he Very, fell yeah. down and, and he got the call and the guy hit the shot. Very impressive. So um, he's playing to win. He's playing with uh, respect to his teammates, trusting his teammates. Um, something interesting to note, Giannis got six air balls in that game. Um, I'm not dogging on Giannis, but again, these questions come out is uh, in times of crunch. Can we depend on you to, you know? Yeah, I would say games. for the most part, you probably can, but... The Raptors built the game plan last year for Giannis. Mm-hmm. Now, the question is, can Giannis step up when there's five guys guarding him? Yeah, well, that's going to be the question, yeah. Um, or the other question is, can Miami's role players step up when Giannis is getting guarded by five players? Yep. Um, that remains to be seen. I think currently uh, the Bucks are a perfect example of, you know, every time we talk about teams beating the teams that they should be beating mm-hmm. that's kind of how i feel about the bucks they they should be beating most teams and which they have been right uh, but ultimately when it becomes a you know a seven game series and it you know things are on the line can these guys step up i'm not so sure yeah 
We'll have to wait and see what happens there, but uh, we know that it looks like Luca's in playoff mode now. Yeah, that's um, right. And I think I think with one more win, they may clinch it, but it's almost guaranteed that they should be okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's really interesting that in the West Coast, Western Conference, that uh, they were able to do it with just him and Porzingis. Obviously, other players are there as well. Right. Uh, but these are the two guys that you look you know most upon. That's right. Uh, also, a little quick shout out to uh, Seth Curry, who's been playing pretty well Very in the bubble. Well, yeah, and we were talking about Seth that he's probably going to heat up, and he has heat up. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so the basketball season is far underway; only a couple of games. I think remaining. that's it. Ne- by next next week's podcast, we should be well knowing who's going to be facing who that's in the right. playoffs. That's right. So, we'll, we'll, you know, the West will have settled itself. I'm, I think the East also is uh, a battle between Brooklyn and Orlando, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I, well, I don't know if it's obvious, but I would prefer Orlando be in the. Um, or maybe are they both in the playoffs right now? Yeah, they're both in the playoffs. Washington, that's out. It's done. East is basically is it locked. Done? Okay. It's more or less done. It's a lock. Oh, okay, so they're both. I guess they're battling for the seventh seed. Then, I just remember seeing that their records were because I think Orlando's eighth, and I think um, um, Brooklyn was Brooklyn seventh? is seventh. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense actually. Um, yeah, because you're right. There's only one additional. There's team only in one, the and which was Washington, and then Charlotte passed them. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, so yeah, they're basically battling for the seventh seed right now. Although I don't think it really matters. You're gonna face the Bucks or the Raptors. Good yeah, luck. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Um, so yeah, we'll find out. And obviously, the West is going to be uh, is the big one that everyone's keeping an eye on. I think uh, I would prefer to see Portland. I don't know about yourself. Um, out of all teams, yeah, Portland would probably make, be the pick for the eighth seed. Yeah. Um, so let's see what happens next week. But uh, yeah, basically about three, four games left for most teams in the bubble. Now, moving on to the wrestling portion of the WrestleBall podcast. It's, uh, let's talk about WWE first because there has been some weird stuff going on. And I want to get right into these unmasked, or sorry, masked assailants. Uh, what is their name again? I, I totally forgot. It's the uh, Retribution. Retribution. I, just, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, they're just... Um, destroying property they're, yes. they're, they're adding on to the protesters that are destroying property it, it's it was first of all it was a gimmick that came out of nowhere because i didn't really expect this um now do you have any guess as to who this you know group could be led by or who's involved or what's going on this here? is the light order led by eric rowan <laughs> and to fight the dark order which is being led by luke harper yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> that's probably as good a guess as we're gonna get. Um, I really don't know. Um, based off of you know what I've seen when they came on, on SmackDown and destroyed the wrestling ring, and then on on was it Raw where they lit the generator on fire or some some garbage like that? Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, man. This to me, if, and they all look like wieners. They don't look like say, wrestlers. They, I was gonna say they they kind of remind me of like development NXT guys, like who are in development. Yeah, in development. Yeah, <laughs> like development to the development. Yeah. But uh, you know the two. Two years away from being two years away from uh, entering the uh, NXT, but uh, nonetheless, it's a weird gimmick. I don't really know what's going on. I'm not really too excited about it. WWE, I guess, has to make a little bit of noise. Uh, I'm not sure if this is the way to do it. Yeah, they get they need something to hook people on. Um, so it, it definitely was interesting because they also had Shane McMahon's Underground to oh, the World, yes, which was just like Fight Club, Fight Club mixed yep. with wrestling. It's essentially, what it was. Yeah, it's fight good. Um, yeah, Fight Club. Yeah, basically. Except um, they had like weird wrestlers in it. 
And then they got jumped by uh, the Hurt Business because yep. the Hurt Business lost both their belts. Yep. Not that they had the U.S. belt, technically. Not but. to be confused with the Hart Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, that is also a gimmick that I thought was really weird. Also, I love Shane McMahon. So for him to return with this WWE Underground is kind of like, man, is this how you're going to use one of the most beloved characters in WWE, which is Shane McMahon? Well, I think this might be his idea, which is what I'm assuming right now. So it might be leading to something. Um, I think, I don't know. There was one really big guy that was basically destroying mans out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people are saying that it's going to lead to some kind of Survivor Series thing is the biggest link, I, I guess you can say. Um, some people are also linking it to the Retribution. <laughs> but I mean, I think that's a little more far-fetched because I think, I don't even think WWE knows what they're doing with the Retribution right now. No. So I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far, um, but they're definitely trying to do different things to get people to watch because it is a little interesting. Because I may I, I I mean I I do watch anyway, but it, it does give me a little more spice. Yeah, it'll give me a reason to Google the results, but uh, I don't know, man. I think one of the things about the WWE that we've had such a knock on this whole year is the fact that their main card guys aren't getting the storylines that they need. Yeah. And instead they are focusing on again retribution that we don't know who's involved. Uh focusing on WWE Underground, which is probably the biggest focus uh, or driving force of that is going to be the hurt uh what are they business. called? The hurt business. Don't, so, you, don't you forget it. <laughs> so again, like what's going on with Seth Rollins? He's what's fighting. going on with Drew McIntyre? I'll tell you what's going on with Seth Rollins. He's going to fight a kid at uh, SummerSlam. Well, he's yeah, not a kid. That's but right. Dominic. He's, he's going to fight Dominic Mysterio. Yep. Uh, basically, Samoa Joe, he actually called out Samoa Joe to fight him on Raw. Uh, who, Samoa Joe was met by uh, uh, Seth's... Is he still suspended? I don't even know what's going on. Who's suspended? Samoa Joe. Wasn't he... Wasn't he off wrestling because he got caught with uh, performance enhancers? I did not hear that. I didn't know that. I thought he was off for like a month at least. I know that he, uh, Seth was upset at uh, the guys at the commentators table and then called out Samoa Joe to fight. And Joe's like, sure, I'll fight you. And yeah. then he got jumped. And then Dominic came to save uh, Samoa Joe. Of course. And then uh, he does save him because it seems like Dominic seems to have Seth, Seth Rollins' number. Uh, then he uh, Seth Rollins grants his wish to fight him at SummerSlam. So that's actually kind of interesting. Um, but that storyline is getting very. I don't know how you're gonna last until Summer. SummerSlam's in two weeks, I believe. So you're gonna you're gonna have to make another two episodes of Dominic dodging you and possibly Dominic getting caught one of these days and getting the tar beat out probably. of him. Probably he's probably gonna have the same segment when Brock right. Lesnar took him out. Oh yeah. Um, and then again, going to Drew McIntyre, he has a storyline with Randy Orton. He cut a good promo with Randy. I thought it was really good. It it is a good promo. It's just, uh, it feels like filler to me. That's all. It's yeah. Um, I liked it. And I think these two big guys going in the ring and fighting, especially with Randy. Oh, don't get me wrong. It's it's going to be a great great. match. It's going to be a great match. Uh, again, I just want to see some long-term storylines. I feel like that's the just, thing. You're absolutely right. It's too short. Everything is like everything is one like month. what? Ha- yeah, what happens after he beats Randy? Which is obviously what's going to happen. Not necessarily. Randy's, you think Randy's going to win another big, title? There's a big rumor wow. that Randy might win the belt and lose it to uh, Edge, Edge at Royal Rumble. Okay, if that happens, I'm, I won't be mad at that. So I think right now it's up in the air in terms of a decision. Uh, Drew's been really good, but they might they might be trying to push, and it seems like Bobby Lashley's not doing shit. So I think they may be pushing Bobby Lashley right. in that direction to cost Drew the belt, which would be a big long storyline. Yeah. Um, for a little while, and you give Randy the belt that would help Edge 
you know, maybe get that belt come Rumble, mm-hmm. I think is what the uh, thing is. Um, or what the plan is. I don't know. Again, these are all just rumors, more blind. Well, I mean, the thing else. with the WWE is you never know. Yeah. I had no idea that this retribution was coming. Apparently, there's a need for a retribution factor. Factions, excuse me. Well, yeah, man, you you like factions. And here we go. You've been presented with a faction. Now you don't like it. <laughs> no i i i i, I, I this is not the faction you wanted me, sir this is not the faction we deserve <laughs> that's for damn sure this is this is not a faction at all all right yeah. a faction isn't afraid to to show their faces first and foremost but the the mask is to protect their loved <laughs> ones <laughs> not to protect themselves i'm so surprised that seth rollins hasn't started a faction he does Ooh. have a faction well, but like people a, keep don't last in his a, faction a legit faction this guy's legit I don't know what he's sacrificing them or something. These guys are disappearing like dominoes. Like, like I mentioned, the mere fact that Murphy has survived <laughs> this long, and mind you, he, he uh, him and Alexa Bliss are no more, and Alexa's now on Bray's side. So that's right. She looking like Sister Abigail out there, while Murphy looking like Messiah Boy out there. So, so Murphy still has the greatest pecs in the game. It's true. Not. It's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> uh, that said, uh, you know, with the nickname the M- Monday Night Messiah. He should have a faction of followers, man. And it could. And you were saying this that uh, the retribution could be Seth Seth's boys, uh, which uh, would yeah, be strange. Be. Um, but well, not great, but it wouldn't be great, but it would be better. The shock factor wouldn't be there, I, I would say. And I, you want you want this to be shocking. If you're gonna do it like this, it's got to be shocking. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, um, the other great news that I really liked from Raw was that Nia Jax <laughs> got suspended without pay indefinitely. Is that for attacking a ref again? I believe. Yeah, she attacked a ref last week. Yeah. Um, while she was going after um. Uh, Shayna Baszler, who actually jumped Sasha Banks uh, during Raw and then faced Sasha Banks. And it was a no contest because Asuka came out. It looks like there's a whole kerfuffle of things going on with the women's uh, Well, uh, uh, they announced, um, or who was it? Stephanie McMahon announced a couple of big matches for SummerSlam, I believe it was. That's the com- coming up here for you. Yeah, so it's going to be uh, um, Sasha Banks versus uh, Asuka again. Um, and then Bailey is going to face the winner of a triple threat next week. I think it's a triple threat or maybe a rumble. There's, anyways, there's going to be something next week to determine a contender for Bailey to face. Um, yeah, that's, I just wanted to mention that real quick. I, I do think both uh, ladies will retain their belt um, because I, we've talked about this in, in spades. This is quite possibly the best storyline of this year in terms of wrestling. They've done a fantastic job of being quote-unquote role models. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you actually watch their back and forth with Stephanie McMahon, it was so awesome because they were like, I think it was Bailey who was like, yeah, we're role models even to your daughter. I was like, ooh, make it personal, please. I love it. And yeah. then Stephanie, Stephanie McMahon obviously at that point was like, oh, yeah, I don't know about role models, but you guys are doing well, so I got a couple of matches to challenge you guys. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm sure they asked the boss before they put their kid's name there in the, in their promo, but, but it was good nonetheless. But going back to Nia Jax, uh, how does she get expelled from WWE? Because she's suspended now, but ultimately... <laughs> <laughs> I have to think about that. I'm like, what are you talking about? Ex- oh, then you said expelled. Yeah. Um, she'll never be expelled. She's, <laughs> the she's the Rock's family member. Uh, yeah, again... I just like it. I, I like it. I think she's going to come back when Charlotte comes back, and I think that's what they're... But the aim is, mm-hmm. and it's just going to be a bloodbath when they both right. get back. So it's just, I think that's what it was. Because um, it looks like they're going to push Shayna to fight um, the, the two belt the two belt gang. 
Um, and uh, Shayna's probably going to lose, which is unfortunate because she's a big human being in the she, women's division. Baszler? Yeah. I think she's just so excellent at her job. Yeah. Um, she's just wrestled really well. I, I believe her when I, she's in the ring. Um, I, I hate her. I love to hate her. Um, because you know she's got that ooh, cocky, when she, you know except when she fought Nia Jax and I loved her I was like yeah. yo beat the shit out of her yeah, please yeah, like, yeah. just teach her a lesson um, so I think she's a great worker and, and to be honest I think she's capable of being a champion in, in the WWE yeah. um, don't worry Ronda's got her back while The Rock's got Nia Jax's back we're <laughs> gonna see who's a bigger bigger push That'll be actually very funny if it that does come to that. Oh, I don't know what's going on with Ronda. There hasn't really been much news. Uh, She's not going to come back for now. She already said she was. She wants to enjoy uh, marriage. She does have interest in coming back. Right time, right place. It'll happen. She'll come back. Money is just too lucrative. But yeah. they're waiting for fans to come back. Too. Well, the other thing about Ronda is, and we complimented her in the past, is she's one of the few people who transitioned into wrestling very and well. actually did a really good job yeah, of it. Yeah. Uh, despite obviously having a very limited move set, it worked very well. Uh, she looked legit. Yeah. Uh, whereas guys like Kane Velasquez, I don't know. You got, <laughs> you got cut real fast. <laughs> but I think that was an experiment more than anything else. I, don't know, I guess meant his showing was so terrible. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't great. Yeah. Like I feel like under the right circumstances, if you and I trained for two months, we would have put a better showing. I mean, the fact that the Green Arrow put on a better showing, <laughs> yeah, is pretty embarrassing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but he actually likes wrestling, whereas I don't know if Kane Velasquez understands wrestling. But Although he's Mexican. Kane Velasquez is a professional athlete you should be able to transition well it's sometimes hard to pull your punches when you're used to just not pulling your punches right i guess i maybe i suppose like when you go into fight some guys have the mentality i gotta hurt you but in wrestling it's like i definitely have to look like i'm hurting you but i don't want to hurt you i suppose for the most part yeah Uh, anyway so um so not too much going well i mean a lot of stuff going on in wwe but nothing really impactful um this has been the story of the WWE. I feel like they've gotten to a point where they're just, they really don't have competition, even with AEW, that even if they put out a storyline like this, it's still good enough for them. They, it's par for the course. Now, moving into, unless there's anything else in WWE you got, but moving into AEW, um, couple of good matches not really much in terms of storyline that has happened. Well, not, not fair. As we missed last week's Previous, yeah. So, yeah. The, so let's go back two weeks ago. Um, one of the main things that had happened, well, I'll get jump right into it, was MJF's uh, what does he call it? address to the wrestling community. Um, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> the uh, uh, yeah, basically, uh, basically a political um, poke. Yeah, I don't know what you would call it. A political speech. He's doing some campaigning to be, you know, a new champion. State I don't know what he's going address. for. Is he uh, campaigning for a match? Which he got. <laughs> he got it the next week. He just saying that John Moxley is not his champion. It was actually a pretty good promo. It was a great promo. But it's MJF. He makes he does cut good but good promos. Fun fact: You know where uh, MJF trains? No. It's the school owned by Kurt Hawkins. Oh, unusual, right? Yeah, very unusual. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah. So his listen, best promo in the game, including that address to the wrestling uh, community. Um, really awesome i loved it uh even the week before that remember when he had that but match? He, he 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 um he put a lot of good points in there that like i never thought about before because we were talking i think we were talking about this two weeks ago mm-hmm. i think that john moxie sort of starting to get stale now and mjf picked up on that really fast and right. he did display that little right. bit of realism 
Oh, he's in very his, self-aware. Yeah, in his in his in his speech, that the kayfabe and reality sort of blending there, and and he said a lot of interesting things that uh, you know, John Moxley disappears for a little bit, comes back, he chooses his opponents, he's dictating, while like guys who have never lost in a singles competition, they're not able to do it. We're being shafted because we may not be liked with the upper manager. This is clearly like bullshit. But but I was about to say, much like a politician, he he did yeah. put a little BS into that because I think Cody Rhodes had commentated on his whole speech and he said you know there's a lot of embellishment like when mjf said that he's the highest rating you know when he his matches are on he's the highest rated which is not true apparently uh john moxley i think is still probably puts in the most uh viewers and all that stuff but i mean this is all kayfabe anyways and mjf the thing about, awesome promo the thing about mjf is um and, and not mjf that aw is is mjf has no one to fight there's nobody. The guys that he has to fight are Kenny Omega, um, Kangman Page. Uh, he's already fought Cody once, and they're not. It doesn't look like they're pushing that anymore. Well, well I think what they want to do with MJ right now is uh, make him fight lesser competition. That's why you know to kind of hold back to kind of say you know uh, he's you know it's the kind of heel thing to do. Make your title run uh, the easiest possible, right? Um, that's why we that's saw him face, Rollins, uh, right? what's his name, Griff Garrison <laughs> the yeah, week before. Yeah. You know, like he's not having meaningful fights because I think they're intentionally doing that because a heel, especially a heel of his nature, isn't a guy who has hard fights after hard fights to get that title shot. But you can do many different things. Scorpion Sky is a guy that you can fight with. There are oh, guys that you can fight. Scorpion Sky's going for that TNT title. Right. And he's a guy that I was saying needs to start his singles push too because he's a great wrestler. But I'm just saying there are guys... That he could fight, that they're not making him fight, and right. and that guys that he could win, put himself over and make them look good at the same time. It's just not happening. You're facing underdeveloped guys, right? Well, I, see, I don't now know you're about gonna, that. Now you're gonna now you're gonna propel him right to a championship if, match. If, if MJF beats uh, Hangman Page, for example, how does that help Hangman? It doesn't. Yeah, you're, I, you know I, I see mean? your like, point. If, yeah. if he beats Kenny Omega, how does that be Ken, uh, help Kenny? It really doesn't. But those uh, Kenny doesn't need help. Yeah, that's her. Uh, Hangman maybe yes, because Hangman's an ROH guy, so he's still not yeah, pinnacle. He's like a borderline superstar, like yeah. an all-star borderline superstar. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kenny's done everything, so it doesn't really matter yeah. if he loses one match to MJF. Right. He could next week be a championship contender, right? Yeah. And people will watch. Um, you're right though, uh, in terms of Hangman Page anyway. But you got to put him against guys who. Well, for me, like there. MJF, he should be beating guys like Darby Allen. He should be facing guys like Pac if if Pac ever oh, decides man. to come Where back. Where is that guy? I don't know, but these are the guys that like you imagine being a contender one day, but aren't actually contenders, right? Now I'm really interested about where where Pac Pac's been missing for how he many been months missing. since the COVID started? Yeah, I don't know if it's a personal decision, a visa thing, or what have you. He's been missing out of action. Haven't heard much about him. A guy that obviously we both are big fans of. Uh, but again, these are the guys that I feel like MJF should be facing. I, I wouldn't want him to face the top guys like Hangman Page or Mega or any of those guys. Um, you know, he should face a couple of Dark Order guys or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Get a couple of wins under his belt that way. Yeah, um, I guess. But he's getting a championship title shot yeah, now. Yeah. So it's it's happening. Um, so we'll see where that goes. So he'll face John Moxley at the All Out pay-per-view on September 5th for AEW so a few weeks out from that and so let's link that back to the Darby Allen versus Moxley 
match that happened on this past Dynamite. Um, you had a chance to see that fight? Yes. And, you, and obviously MJF tried to interfere on that. He hit, he, hit, um, he hit Moxie with the AEW Heavyweight Championship belt. Busted him right open. Yeah. Um, you know, that's classic MJF. What did you think of that match? Um, it was what it was. Skinny guy versus John Moxie, who's a bigger body. Yep. Um, I didn't really like the match, but the match portrayed what it needed to portray, which is just John Moxie and little brother Darby Allen. I hate that, by the way, mm-hmm. um, because they're really like, oh, John Moxie really likes Darby Allen, sees him as like a brother, or whatever you want to call yeah, it, like protege or something. Whatever. Um, he beat him up for the most part. Darby did a little bit of moves. Um, the match was well. Yeah, Done. I think they both did what, you know, they both wrestled well for their standards, like in terms of Moxley and even Darby, and I'm not a huge fan of Darby at all. Yeah. Um, and I still am not a fan of his style, but I mean, for his style, he executed well. Um, and I did like the kind of lead up. I know you were saying it, it's kind of weird, uh, but I did like some, some of the promos that Moxley uh, did when he said, you know, when you're down, stay down. Uh, you know, when yeah, I, yeah, when I tell you nice. to tap, tap. Uh, yeah, but if you're if he's your little brother or your little protege, would you do that? <laughs> so then why would he do that? Yeah. Like, you know, it's kind of silly to me. And I, even the ending, when he beats him, he just like hugs him and stuff like that. I was like, yeah. all right, dude, like you're kind of, I understand you respect the guy. And right. Maybe you are trying to keep, this is part of your kayfabe, but it's just... Unusual. It's a little unusual. I didn't. I didn't really like it that well, much. I mean, that's the, the the whole thing with AW. Everything's been unusual. We talked about it in the past with Cody Rhodes when he faced. Um, oh man, Sunny Ro- Sunny Sunny uh, Kiss Kiss, and uh, also even with um, Kenny Omega when he beat the crap out of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was it Jungle, Jungle Boy? Boy? Yeah. Oh no. Um. Uh. Marco Stud. Marco Stud. Yeah, that's right. So AW, it seems like that's one of their things now. They just do the unusual. Uh, it's unbelievable. It gets people talking, I guess. Yeah, uh, something that I really like want to point out: uh, Matt Hardy cut a promo about him wanting to be his true self and not these fifty characters, multiple split personalities that he seems to dry- derive from. And then uh, your boy Sammy G. I was gonna say this feud is looking like it's gonna culminate in one of the greatest hardcore matches. hardcore matches of all time. Yeah. So, what were you gonna say about Sammy G? Um, I love it. I thought it was really good. Well, what did you love exactly? Tell the viewers exactly what went down. Just pulls out a table, yes. smashes him through a table, and he busts him open pretty good. He busts him before he even smashes him through the table by throwing a chair in his face. Yeah, it's going to be a brutal match. And I think Matt already told him, just go all out. I don't yeah. care. And I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be beautiful chemistry. And then Sammy G, I don't even know what that was, like a 540 I don't know what it was. Twist. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. it was insane. I uh, would highly encourage splash. you guys to watch it on YouTube if you haven't seen um, it. It was pr- quite the brutal br- brutal beatdown. Yeah. And, and I loved it. Uh, Sammy G, man. We all knew that this guy was a good wrestler. Um, and he's just continuing to show it. And that 540, whatever it was, Splash or whatever, awesome. Uh, Matt Hardy took you know took it on the chin, busted wide open. Great, great little segments. And again, I, I'm really excited for whatever match they plan to have. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. But it's starting. it obviously started off great. So I think this match has a lot of... Um, potential uh, to be maybe even match of the year so oh absolutely absolutely like if, if sammy g can get a title or something this year i'm gonna put him in my top five yeah uh he's he's been pl- uh, wrestling so well 
um just great with the he's in the best faction and this is a faction when i'm talking about factions the inner circle is a faction that you know i want to talk about that's a good faction yeah um but overall great storyline uh, one of the best storylines in the aw right now and i'm super excited to see what happens there um going back to aw one of the biggest free agent debuts Mr. Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona himself, the Michael Jordan of wrestling figure collecting, <laughs> as he likes to be known. Um, Guess that money ran out. He debuted two weeks ago. Yeah, he must have went out because this guy spends so, <laughs> so much, much money, money on, on figures. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So he debuted two weeks ago by helping out Cody Rhodes in his match um, against whoever he faced, and then Dark Order came out. Um, and then they tagged up on this past Dynamite. I mean, not really much to say. Matt Cardona is Matt Cardona. He's big physically. He's he is a physically big guy. He looks humongous. I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah. And I think he looked big in WWE, but WWE also has really big guys right. too. So it's kind of hard to measure. But like him and he looked pretty intimidating. Yeah, he's, he's bulky as heck. Um, that said, I don't like his finisher, which they're calling Radio Silence now, yeah. uh, which is a nice playoff because he's basically what the internet you know he's a radio radio guy radio. yeah and he does the front famouser yeah is what i'm calling it it's like a jumping bronco <laughs> bust leg bronco buster bronco leg drop buster it's it's weird it i I, th- I would have been nice to just see the broski boot which i you know punt kick is always going to nice. be looks so dangerous yeah. i just find the uh the the radio silence uh kind of a weird finisher yeah i don't really know what uh zach right um matt cardona. cardona will do in aew i don't think he's gonna be a champion at most maybe a tag or a tnt title holder yeah. um which is about where he's always been a mid mid carter yeah. a low mid low mid carter um but uh you know who knows this is a chance for him to reinvent himself let's see what he can do and i know he's really good friends with cody rhodes part of the reason why he's in aew Let's see what happens, but uh, pretty cool nonetheless to see because he was one of the most surprising releases from the WWE. Yeah, yeah, I, it, it, it's it's just, eh, it is what it is, sort of. He's just sort yeah. of there. Yeah, but uh, something I do want to talk about, and I think this was probably the biggest draw for me, was the other political uh, ongoings at AEW, which was super the Super Wednesday debate of Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho. Gotta say, great, great promo by OC. Yeah um amazing um it's everything that it needed to be it was a little bit of self-awareness you know a little bit of realism just overall a great mix of everything yeah um any promo also too like jericho just knocks it out of the park with promos as long if you're involved with a promo with jericho you're in good hands yeah um but again i think oc uh, orange cassidy stepped it up to the level of jericho as well yeah um yeah and and this is the first time we've seen a serious, serious promo, yeah. Yeah, which is what we've wanted. That Orange Cassidy is serious. I can see him winning the match next week. Yeah, well, I I, I think he will say... because if he loses, he's got to pay seven thousand dollars and reveal that jacket, right? That's what that's what the stipulation, the stipulation is. is. That's right. And the other thing too is, you know, if he wins, obviously the storyline is going to be drawn out even further. And, and I, if I'm making an executive decision, that's the way to go. You yeah. got to draw the storyline out. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I've always wanted to see a no holds bar match between these two, a hardcore match, backroom brawl type match. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's gonna be very interesting because Orange Cassidy looks super serious, and he, you know, he drops some bombs. He's saying that, think about how it's gonna be. You've done everything under the moon. Yeah. Uh, and you guys are gonna have to go and Google to see what it is he's done. But 
imagine you losing this match and what it means for you yeah. to lose this match to me yeah losing you to know? the guy who puts his hands in his pockets yeah i was like ooh. i was like oh, i love color. the self-awareness i love i love all of it yeah. so uh, great great promo um yeah just awesome I, i'm excited to see and then orange cast got laid out at the end of that promo um which is probably going to be the the that's what's going to happen going forward yeah uh, until they get a clean wrestling match. So it's going to be a lot of interference. It's going to be a lot of dogging. It's a perfect storyline for Chris Jericho because Jericho keeping himself relevant is great. So um, I think this could also be a very... I think this I don't, This is not going to be like Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara level, but right. it's going to be interesting enough to keep the audience there. So, And notably absent from this past Dynamite was Brian Cage. Not exactly sure why. Maybe just got the week off. Uh, but it's it seems like his... That's hype it. has kind of died yeah. as soon as he teamed up with uh what's his name again uh john ricky starks ricky starks it's kind of just and ricky starks wasn't there either died yeah and taz yeah. was back on the commentary so that experiment has is over i don't know what's going on there but i hope it's, they don't do my boy brian cage like that it's over um so that about rounds up the wwe i'm sorry the wrestling side of the wrestle ball podcast now last night there was a ufc a fight night with uh Derek lewis versus alexi olenek who, who we confused with Derek brunson of last week of last week yeah that's yeah. right um man this was i just watched the last fight hell of a fight holy shit he lost Derek lewis lost that first round only to come out of the second round and murder this guy yes um, and that's exactly what a lot of people said. Like Alexei Olenek has is a one trick prony. If he gets you in the grappling situation, he gets a, a you know an arm points. on your uh, neck, you just basically have to defend. And that's exactly what happened. Derek Lewis had to defend that whole first round. Yeah. And then he just turned on Super Saiyan level. And that TKO that he got was mostly aggression, like less technique and mostly aggression. It yeah. was pretty devastating. Yeah, it was a street fight kind of punch yeah scary. very 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 scary um i didn't watch the weidman fight uh did it was okay um i th the thing about chris weidman is obviously he got the victory but he just didn't look like a contender in that fight despite getting the win um uh, he did have his struggles in the first round um and then kind of took over from there so you definitely saw the veteran in him but if you're looking to win another title this is not the showing to do it mm. especially when you got killers like um and I don't even like him, but uh, the style bender, um, as well and as the guy he's about to face, which his name slips my mind right now, um, the Brazilian guy. Oh, uh, not oh shit, Paul. Uh, pa oh, I know, I forget too. Yeah, I forget. Paulo Costa. Yes, Paulo Costa. Yeah. Uh, who is just insane. He's basically a more aggressive version of um, Yol Romero. Uh, so i mean more aggressive more than yo romero yeah. oh my god yeah. uh so like when you got killers like that chris weidman you better be you know you're, you're gonna have to step up your game big time yeah um besides those two fights though really not much else happened on that fight night but it seems like we're having a ufc every week anyways so um Next one, next week is the big one. UFC yeah. 252. Oof. This is the retirement match. For Daniel Cormier. Cormier versus Stipe. This is the rubber match between the two. Both have a knockout over each other. Yep. Uh, this is going to be a huge fight. I hope DC wins, but I'm not too sure. Yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. Uh, these, this, is gonna, this is the apex. This might be the best fight of the year. Oh, yeah. Or I, at I least know. best like, matchup yeah. of the year. Yeah, well, we both know... I mean, we both know, but we know that they both go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. 
So yeah. someone's getting knocked out. And it's the series is tied. So yeah. it's about who adjusts the most. These are both high IQ fighters. That's right. Um, they're both very successful fighters. Obviously, Dan- DC is an Olympic medalist. Former champion. Former, former champion. heavyweight and light heavyweight champion. So this man does it all. And Steve. this is also his last match. And they say you're only as good as your last match. Or that's at least right. that's what Undertaker says. <laughs> so. And I'm sure given the competitive drive that DC has, that he is going to show up in the best you know form of himself. Yeah. Uh, considering that, you know, it, this is your retirement this is match. match. This yeah. is it. This is it, yeah. Um, your boy, Sean O'Malley. Sugar, Sugar Sean, Sean O'Malley. co-main eventing. So that's yeah. big. And he's fought pretty recently, I think. Maybe just a month or two ago. Yeah. So he's been very active this year. Yeah. And he's looked good since his return. I'm well, excited He's undefeated. For so I love undefeated guys, as you know. Yes. Uh, to keep undefeated streaks going. So he's uh, going up against Marlon Vera. I don't know much about I that. I don't guy. really know too much about him so either. So I'm going to say Sugar Sean's going to... I got to go with Sugar Sean O'Malley as well. And then, uh, just a good dude. Yeah. Uh, we got Junior, J- JDS, Junior Dos Santos against... Uh, uh, Rosenstrut. I think Rosenstrut's going to win that one. I think so as well. Uh, Junior Dos Santos has kind of his time has passed. passed so um, it is what it is. Uh, should be you know another big name on the card though. So that's it's going to be a good card nonetheless. Uh, John Dotson's also facing. Um, I don't know. Mirab. Yeah. I don't really know this guy, but John Dotson's always a contender in, in the yeah. one twenty five division. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, that's should be a good card next week. So I'm yeah. excited for that. By next week. The NBA is going to be Playoffs. You know, playoff time. We got DC's retirement. Uh, today, hopefully the Leafs win today. Oh, yeah. It's, um, uh, game you know, five. Win or go home. Win or go home. Win, 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 win. And uh, again, as we mentioned, the Raptors just beat the Memphis Grizzlies. They've locked that second seed. Uh, so we are good. And uh, Oh, I think Boston might have to lose one still. No. Okay. So we've locked the second seed. Let's rest our guys and get ready for the playoffs. Yeah, we've locked the second seed, yeah. So that about ends the WrestleBall podcast. Um, obviously, a lot of basketball, um, some wrestling stuff going on. Nothing really too crazy right now, um, but well, ball's picking up, and I think that's. Up, yes. I think wrestling has been uh, the heavier weight out on our podcast, but uh, this week, basketball's definitely uh, been the talk. Is it's back, baby? Oh, it's back. Yeah. So uh, it's. I think it's only going to get crazier as we as next week we're probably going to be previewing playoff matches. Oh, absolutely! With all the chirping that's going on, yeah. I mean, this even though it's a weird season, might be the funnest season that we've had. Oh yeah! In terms of you know the competitive level and all that stuff. Yep. Uh, so that said, Mark, any last words? I'm gonna say go leaves go. Hopefully you guys win tonight. Uh, it's a big match, and uh, NHL is also pretty getting pretty excited. A lot of uh, teams have. Uh, eliminated have been eliminated already teams that you wouldn't have already know i was i was i'd like to have touched on it but uh, it is what it is yeah i mean i i thought i was and i'll just we could talk briefly about it but i thought the nhl restart was a little bit weird in terms of how they formatted it they mm-hmm. had the you know five to 12 guys playing the tournament to to make the playoffs so i'm assuming you know it's sort of like a buy for the first four ranked teams yeah um, it's it's uh, yeah it's a little strange i don't it is strange, know strange yeah but the, Structure, but it is what it is. Goalies it's a strange go. season, right? So yeah. goalies go. I think Montreal actually just they eliminated. knocked out Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's it's just wild. Huge, right? yeah. Even before the playoffs start, Pittsburgh's out. Yeah. Is Washington? I think I think they're in. Don't quote me on the. I think were they part of the top four? Maybe. I believe so. Yeah, they yeah. were a good team. Yeah. Going into it, but uh, yeah. Washington's a, a team, another team that we both like because of uh, Ovechkin. Ovechkin, yeah. and uh, he won. So yeah, I'm. He's like Dirk of uh, Washington. Yeah. So anyways, guys, take care. Have yourself a uh, good rest of the Sunday. 
And uh, yeah, the weather's getting good out there. Make sure you get outside and, and uh, enjoy what's left of the summer. Take care, guys.